Okay, so hello guys. Hello. Hello. What's I'm good? Excited. I'm excited. So you guys are the first like male guest, which is fun. Um and exciting, as I said before. So I'm I'm interested to see how this goes, see how this pans out, see what the conversation leads us. But we can start with introductions. Um, anyone can start. Please stop laughing, Jonas. <laughs> it's crazy because no one's gonna be able to see us or like how there's no video connected to this. It's just audio, and I want to explain, oh, like describe. Perfect. It's okay for those who are listening. Jonas is laughing uncontrollably. I'm I'm laughing quite controllably because it's not loud. So. <laughs> now it's becoming uncontrollable <laughs> okay since you're laughing you can introduce yourself first hey uh my name is jonas clark uh i i guess i'm currently a full-time student i also work at a hospital i also assist in lab research um i also do some volunteering on the side uh i'm at chelsea at oakwood university and uh you know i'm just a pretty normal 23 year old dude who does dude stuff i guess I love that. love how you're giving us a resume. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, let me stop. Who's next? Okay. I mean, I'll go. Um, my name's Q Hayden. You know, from the DMV. You feel me? You didn't know the vibes. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, I'm currently a substitute teacher at Duke Ellington High School, School of the Arts. It's a great time there. You know, I feel like I am every day a part of the show victorious you know kids just showing their talents and being amazing so it's a great time there um like jonah said you know what i'm saying just you know you're 23 year old just getting it every day grinding growing in the lord growing with my friends my family growing with my wife recently married so that's been a good time also so yeah you know i like to work out like basketball so i'm your typical you know what i'm saying ex high school basketball superstar watch that uh, run the one. Jonas, Jonas already knows run the one, so that's it. That's it. Right. Respect, respect. And bringing well, it back know. to the Clay Thompson wannabe. Well, my name, my name is uh, Pace Fordham. I am the most attractive on here right now, so I want to represent for the attractive people in the world. You're looking um, at on cameras because we would do that. <laughs> Uh, I am I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, Cashville, Tennessee, if you will, you know what I'm saying? Get your money up, not your funny up. Um, I'm currently pastoring in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm the associate pastor of the Shiloh Seventh-day Adventist Church. We out here, uh, you know, you know, doing things. Um, I like people. I like music. I sing a little bit. And uh, I, I like writing. I write devotionals. Go to pagefordham.com. Tap in with those joints, you know. Need it. <laughs> uh, okay, so... I want to know, I guess, what life has been like. I mean, I've talked to you guys all and kind of know what you guys have been up to. And you also just reintroduced yourselves and stuff and told everyone what you guys have been up to. And Jonas did mention that he is like still a full-time student. But what has life been like for you post-grad? Because, I mean, I, we're not necessarily recent grads. It's been almost a year, which is absolutely crazy. But we're all kind of settled into somewhat of a career where still figuring things out, I guess, still. So what is that like? <laughs> and Jonas, you still still add in the balance between work and life to you can 
come in the conversation for that. But um, we'll start with Pace. Pace, what is life post-grad? How has that balance of work and life, dating, cue marriage been like? What's that like for you? Yeah, it's it's been, first of all, Chelsea, I want to thank you for having us on here. You know, this is a great podcast. Uh, but life has been interesting. I'm really in a learning and growth season. This is a time where I'm realizing um, that I have to almost like rebuild some of the things that I did in my past. It's almost like, you know, you were a freshman in high school, then you go to a senior, but then when you go to college, you're a freshman again, you have to relearn everything and refigure out like how you fit in this world, how you fit in that role. And now, you know, I'm kind of figuring out, you know, how to pay rent, I'm figuring out how to save money, I'm figuring out how to how to manage a work-life balance. Actually, the reason I'm on the podcast today, the reason this was my good day, is because Thursday is actually my my rest day. You know, I'm a pastor, so I work primarily when other people aren't working. So I'm busiest afternoons, I'm busiest nights, I'm big, busiest on the weekends. So Thursday is my time where I try to push back all my things, try to push everything to Friday, push things to Wednesday, and just have time for myself where I can, you know, make sure I'm not getting enveloped in the the desire to be a productive man and put in my value in what I produce, but actually making sure I'm getting connected to my source and that I'm, I'm developing as a person and not just a career person. Yeah. There's a cat. Hi, cat. <laughs> <laughs> the people listening are going to be so confused. <laughs> yeah, man. I think, I think for me, um, it's, it's, at post-graduation has been a wild, very, very confusing ride because there's no, there's no playbook. You know, everyone's life is different. I think um, Pace and I can both, that's both attest that, you know, even in our department, like everyone just graduates and you end up doing something different. You know, um, the way, you know, God might lead your life might look different or will most likely look different than everybody else in your class. And that's, that's what makes the journey so beautiful, though. And I think for me, I've just been learning more not to compare, not to um, worry about my placement in life, because, you know, how everything is kind of pushed nowadays, the narrative of, you know, you need to have everything together, have your life together at a certain age, have this amount of money, have this amount, amount of income. But it's like, you know, sometimes, like, sometimes, you know, like life will just look different for you. Um, and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? And there's no timetable for my life. I'm learning that it's okay where I'm at. And so um, at the end of the day, I'm just learning to be patient and trust in God. You know, um, I'm teaching right now, which has been great. Never would have thought. Me and Pace, like I never told him that I would be doing subbing or like teaching like ever. Like that was never a goal, you know, but the way God opens his doors, I know for me anyways, um, has been such a beautiful thing because he's given me everything I needed right when I wanted, right when I needed it. You know what I'm saying? So that's just the beauty in just life and in growth, too, if you're just able to appreciate the journey rather than um, trying to jump too far into the future. So I've just been learning to just, you know, be patient in my circumstances and in my uh, journey. So that's kind of what my life is kind of like post-grad, got married. You know what I'm saying? I actually got engaged during the school year, um, like um, towards the end of grad, towards graduation. So that's been amazing. It's been cool. It's been different. You know, so I think married marriage life can definitely bring a whole another conversation. But, you know, I think it's beautiful that I'm able to have someone that I can grow with as well. I'm not by myself. And I have a friend, you know, what I'm saying that we can, you know, learn together, you know, fight for each other. You know, what I'm saying uh, problem solve together. You know, what I'm saying? I don't got to just think for myself anymore. I have someone that can, you know, hold me accountable, who can keep me straight. So, you know, yeah, I have 
after post-grad, even though everything doesn't really look like exactly where I'm, what I might have wanted during the school time, I have everything that I need and more. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what my life's looked like post-grad. Also, Chelsea, thank you for yeah, having me on here as well. Of so, yeah. course. I'm happy you guys said yes. So keep that marriage life in mind because I do want to kind of tie that into a later topic, I guess, or whatever. But um, Jonas, I'll let you go next if you want to. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still finishing up, but I think for me, finding that balance is still kind of key because like, I'm no longer a child and I kind of have to like really, really kind of refocus and re-understand wh who I am and what are like the core conceits that make me from the building blocks, like the foundation of it, like and like even trying to re like program how I think about myself, like uh, this is going to seem so small, but when Pace and Q did their intros, I realized I was like, why the heck did I just tell them what I'm doing and not like who I am? Because those are two completely different questions. And I've been like so programmed to be like, I am what I'm doing, but I'm not. I'm just a guy who happens to be doing that. And it's, I don't, yeah, it's, it's a really weird balance. And it, it's really exciting to be in a time of transition where you get to kind of redefine yourself and refocus on what it means to be you so that's cool I like that I know um for those who aren't in our little group chat we were talking about um what was it like gender tropes and just like self-discovery what it looks like to be male and female in like today's society so I kind of want to bring that back and have that those ideas recorded so that other people can hear us but uh, I guess the first thing is going to be about change and self-discovery I feel like a lot of that happens during university and then after your you majored in something you graduated possibly with you know that degree or whatever the case may be and you are in the process of finding a job that might correlate with that degree. And sometimes that might not happen. I know for me personally, I ended up being a teacher for my first year um, after grad uh, graduating from university. You know, Q mentioned that he's also substituting and whatever it may be. So let's talk about change and self-discovery, specifically as a man as a male and what that has looked like for you guys in the past year or whenever let's see the male's perspective of like change and self-discovery when if we want to go deeper does gender affect self-improvement do you guys think that gender might affect the way that we go about self-improving um so yeah i hope that was a clear question so change and self-discovery as a man and do you think that gender possibly affects the way that we go about improving ourselves? Uh, no, you can go ahead. Thank you. I, I was just going to say for sure, because I think that there's a, a standard for a man and for a woman of what growth should look like for your gender. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think it's a lot of times I think it can bring a lot of a lot of stress and even sometimes even some even some anxiety because you might not look like the typical guy or, or man that the uh, that society might be trying to box you in. You know what I'm saying? You're you're 
your passions or things that you that you love to do might not look like what what men are supposed to do in you know what I'm saying if you want to say in America or in our nation or even even just as black men as well. So I think towards your question, you know what I'm saying, just being able to just be open minded to know that whatever you're trying to grow in, just know that you don't have to follow any guidelines. You don't have to, um, you know what I'm saying, follow any certain type of, I want to say, any any certain type of programming that you're supposed to be. Just know that at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, I'm always going to be following and, and trying to move in accordance of, of, of God and what the word says. So I think that's one of the things that I try to make applicable for myself. Um, just, just being overall, uh, well-rounded in that, you know, just make sure that I'm being compassionate, making sure that I'm loving on people, making sure that I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be the best, um, human being that I could possibly be, which is in accordance to Jesus Christ, you know, but I just think that we just have to be more open to know that growth will look different for everybody. And as a man, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to look towards the next man and say that I got to be just like this guy, just because he's a male also. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's 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 just me just rambling on about that. But I think you know the other guys can probably say some more stuff about it. Jones. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think that's a very interesting question about how the way gender dynamics like influence personal growth, and I think it really there. I think. As a, I obviously everything I say is going to be a bit um, from the limited perspective of a cishet man, but I think it uh, gender really does have a big effect on how you grow because society often allows you to grow in different ways based on your perceived gender. Like as a man, I, I'm often given the opportunities to be like, I can go into any job I want, I can switch jobs at any time, I can do this. But the questions I'm not really allowed to ask so freely as a black man are like, how do I feel about my sexuality? How do I feel yeah. about my gender? You, it's you were, and like as a, I feel like a lot of my more feminine friends get to like ask those questions a bit more freely. But then again, they don't get the same freedom to be like, I don't think I like my occupation. I want to do this, and I want to switch up, and I want to blah blah blah. And so I think it's it's interesting the confines that they put us within like in those two different aspects. I don't know. That's kind of what I was yeah. I, I think some something that when you brought up the the different gender dynamics that come with, you know, figuring out who you are and who you're made to be that I thought about is just the way society sometimes puts value on what people do and not who they are. And Jonas mentioned that in his intro. Uh, I think Chris Rock a long time ago had a special where he said that men are the only group that isn't unconditionally loved. You know, babies are unconditionally loved, women are unconditionally loved, but men, it's your value based on what you give to other people or what you produce. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think we can fall into a rut of finding our value based on what we do or our proficiency or how good we look doing it. And it gets to a point where it actually stops us from asking for help. It stops us from reaching out for community. I was actually just looking at a study that happened in the 80s and early 90s, I believe, where a professor found that he was at he was at a very prestigious school and he found out that the black students weren't minority students weren't doing well on the test and he was like okay this isn't just a race thing they all made it in what's going on so he mm-hmm. he looked at the people who were doing well and he noticed that the asian students were studying together 
they would they would bring up had things wrong they would bring up okay i don't understand this let's work together oh can you help me with this can you come over and help me with this and the black students were used to being really good they came from high schools where they were the best and they didn't work with each other they almost had a uh, one-on-one like every man for himself mentality while the students that were succeeding worked together and what he noticed was that community and the vulnerability of saying yo I don't get this yet I need help let me reach out to people who are you know maybe a couple steps ahead of me on this and we work together that's what actually brings you through and I think sometimes as men it's hard for us to band together and say yo something I'm working on now is like I'm trying to learn like how taxes works like I'm trying to figure out that stuff. I need to reach out to people and be like, yo, I, I don't get this. I'm trying to figure out, okay, let me let me tell you about this budget. I hit up Q all the time with like relationship advice because he's a step ahead of me in this. I hit up Jonas just with with psychology and stuff because he's good at existential thought. He's good at understanding his feelings. But we need that that vulnerability, that honesty, that confidence to say, I don't get this. I'm gonna reach out to my community for support. Yeah. I, like mm-hmm. that. I feel like that I don't know if anyone had something else to say before I go into the next you got it yeah you did i said you got it oh okay (laughs) no i i like that and i think a lot of times um people don't realize how much community can affect a lot of different things but specifically self-improvement self-growth um it's important to have people that we can rely on people that we trust people who we um consider to be important and just value and we're able to openly you know be vulnerable and ask them okay what do you think about this how should i react when it comes to this what are your opinions on this did i do wrong with what what, did i not handle this situation correctly whatever the case may be i think a lot of the times we see women specifically um I guess relying on their friends a lot more than we see men doing that. And Mm. so I think that brings me to the next, not necessarily next next topic, but um, do we think that, where is it? Yes, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I have a list and I'm making sure. Yeah, okay. Are there inherent fears that men possibly have about personal development? And for example, is it seen as more feminine um, or whatever? Are there fears that men possibly have that stops them from mm-hmm. growing or, you know, working on their faults, whatever the case may be? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the biggest thing for men is, is you know, is emotions. I think, you know, I, when I was in high school, like, I I thought I was winning or I thought I was doing good because I didn't cry or I wouldn't show it anyways. Like wow. I th- I thought I achieved something great because when I went to funerals I wouldn't cry. Like I would like yeah. brag about it like yeah. like yeah like I went to the funeral you know I I was fine though like it was it was fine you know I'm, I'm cool. But at the end of the day, what I learned is is that and when I say brag I wasn't bragging to randoms. I, I was talking about like with the people I went to and. Mm-hmm. someone asked me about it you know i would just be honest and play it cool and be like yeah, oh, i was fine it was, it, was, it was whatever but what i was doing to myself was i was actually bottling in and suppressing mm-hmm. all the real emotions i think a lot of us aren't really able to be real people you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. actually show our humanity and i think that one of the biggest false narratives is that the only if we do show emotion it's anger and rage 
and it's it's fury it's it's being mad like that's the only thing that we're able to show if it's anything and it's very toxic but you know i think that a lot of men's biggest fears is to let people in you know what i'm saying specifically also um um to the close to people closest to you which would be your significant other your relationship so where now we see a lot of men go into these relationships with women they never opened up before to their mama or to their brothers or you know to their friends and now they're in this relationships like unable to effectively communicate to their woman how they feel and it's coming off wrong and it's bringing up all these unnecessary arguments and 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 things like that but if we just were given the space um you know what i'm saying um because given the space to show these emotions because a lot of people it's not that they, that they just don't want to show emotions they weren't allowed to you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. every boy i think has, has heard you know be a man toughen up get up dust it off like but when my sisters would fall down and hurt themselves they were catered for and coddled and nurtured and held and you know so all those different types of things so you know just being able to understand that that's the fear i think the first step is having the understanding to know that he's not just this nonchalant don't give a care has no emotion no he feels emotion he's a person um but he just hasn't come to the um part of his life to come to terms with them and begin to deal with it that's why i think hey if anybody needs to go to therapy man i definitely do because these are things Mm -hmm. that we all got to work on as guys and it's every day to every day um growing process i think uh Another thing is like, as men to admit that we are feeling a certain type of way, it, it more importantly than admitting it to the other person, you have to admit it to yourself. Like mm-hmm. uh, in, in one of my, in my last relationship, one of the biggest downfalls is I wasn't able to be vulnerable with the other person because I was too afraid to be vulnerable with myself. Mm-hmm. And to, to say, I am not doing this, I cannot do this. It, it really makes you kind of restructure your whole personal view and and it, it hurts but you have to be able to be like I need help and I am not able and it's okay to not be able because we were not built to be able alone right we, if we were supposed to be able to do everything alone there wouldn't be other people we would each have our own planet but clearly we are designed to exist within a community. And so that's what we need to, to be doing. And uh, it's it's hard. Like I spent, uh, I was uh, signing up for classes this semester and I signed up for a class that, you know, I was like in my head, I was talking down to myself like, oh, I'm not sure if I'll be able to do this. It's an advanced level course, blah, 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 blah. And I just had to put like the pen down and be like, like almost tears almost running down my face. Like, Oh, I am afraid of this failure that I that could possibly happen. And it's okay to be afraid of failure as long as you are pushing through that fear. Like courage is not the absence of fear, but the ability to move past it. And like, I know I'm capable. I know all my friends know I'm capable. And it doesn't, I mean, one thing, it doesn't really matter what they think. I know I'm capable. God knows I'm capable. And so we can get this done, but it's okay to be afraid. And yeah, and, and that was definitely... I uh, didn't learn in time for my last relationship, but I'm glad I'm learning now. It's just to really focus in on that. Hey, let, let me let me have it. This is such a good topic. This is so good. Head on in. What Q said about bragging about not crying. Because I remember when my grandpa died. That is something I would tell people. Be like, I ain't crying. Be like, I ain't done it. Yeah. But really, it wasn't okay. that. It it wasn't that I wasn't affected. It wasn't that it didn't. Yeah. It was that I didn't allow myself to experience it. Mm. I didn't allow myself to feel it. 
And I think, you know, going into relationships, just, you know, in my relationship right now, it's forcing me to learn a lot of the emotional things that I bottled up. Because mm -hmm. something I've noticed is that I'm afraid to open up with my girlfriend sometimes because I feel like she likes me based on who I am and what I do. So I'm afraid to tell her where I'm weak or where I'm scared or where I have insecurity because I'm thinking that she's only in my life because of my Riz and like because I got all my life together and because like I be I, I get everything done. So when I tell her that I failed at something, maybe she'll want to run away. Maybe she won't like me anymore. Maybe she'll leave. And I think yeah. it stops us from having genuine relationships because we we we're, as you said, we don't want to be people. We don't yeah. allow ourselves, I love Jonas's quote of, of courage is in the absence of fear, it's moving through it. We don't allow ourselves to move through fear, we just avoid it. We just avoid anything. I, like, I remember I was told my mom a long time ago, and I didn't get it at the time, how, why she was like so like concerned with me saying it, but I told her I don't sign up for things that I'm bad at. I don't, I told her like, I will never be on a team where I'm the worst player. I'm all like, I'll never be the worst player. I'm always gonna be sixth man, eighth man, I'm never going to be the worst in the choir. I'm going to be one of the leaders. I'm going to be. And I thought it was me being good at stuff. I thought it was me being efficient with my time. But she pointed out that, no, that's, an, that's a fear of failure for you. That's a fear mm -hmm. that comes from you putting your value and how good you are, how good you're perceived. And that's something that we've all had to be on this journey of, I guess, pulling ourselves out of and allowing community to prove to us that they love us and value us and see us even when we don't have everything together. Yeah. Even just there, when you said, I'm afraid that my girl uh, like is with me because of who I am and what I do, that is showing that who I am in that sentence isn't like your values of you were thinking about, <laughs> about like what you care about and like the love yeah. you have for other people. That who I am is like, I'm charming. I'm blah, blah, blah. Those are yeah. ideas about you rather than who you really are. Right. And I think a lot of times that's what we push forward or that's how we want people to perceive us. And that stops a lot of the growth, I guess, bringing it back, a lot of the self-discovery growth. Um, so fear, yeah. how do we, so we've established that fear can't, that men, first of all, do you have some sort of inherent fear about personal uh, development? And we yeah. explained what those were for us. And then I want to ask, so what, um, what are some ways that you work through or push through those fears? How does Q work through um, the fears that he mentioned? How does Pace work through the fears that he mentioned? How does Jonas work through those fears? <laughs> mm -hmm. What do you guys do to overcome them so that they don't impact everyday life or affect you the way that they possibly did in the past how do you move forward how do you push through let me let me jump in let me jump in so i, I oh what jonas brought up about how even when we say being afraid of people not thinking who i am is enough that it's it's really us admitting that we consider what we do who we are but it goes back to the idea of our values in that core connection, that core value we all intrinsically have. That's who we are. And the things that come out of that are just fruit. And as humans, a lot of times we start to identify fruit instead of root. You can't see what's connecting someone. You can't see what someone is doing you know, behind closed doors. You don't see the things that someone is developing where, where no one sees. You only see the outgrowth of that. So it's easy to quantify value based on the outgrowth. So it's like, you don't, you don't see the emotional battles I'm going through, you just see the triumph. And I think what helps us get through fear is by feeding the part of us that is most 
closely connected to who we are at the core. You know, there's an old, a old proverb of a um, grandfather who told his son that there are two wolves fighting for it, fighting for your life. You know, one, one wolf is, is fear, deception, guilt, pain, you know, doubt, all these negative things. The other wolf is love, it's, it's joy, it's, it's, it's purpose, it's all these good things. And the, the grandson asked, you know, so who wins this fight? And the grandfather said, whoever wins the fight is the one that you feed. And I think often we feed this version of ourselves. that's just what we present. We don't feed the inside version of ourselves. But if we actually put in time to say, no, I actually need to be by myself with God more than I need to be on stage. I need to talk, I need to be connected with, with who I am as a person more than I talk to my girl. Because I won't have anything to give her if I'm not connected to the source. I need to be connected to what is actually powering me so that I can get through these negative things. And as we, you know, develop those, those positive versions of ourselves, it reminds us that we really haven't ever failed. You know, I don't want to be too preachy about it, but it's like really all, all the Bible is, is reminding us about what God has already done in the past so that we have more faith to move forward in the future. It's not saying that God is going to do something new. It's saying, no, if this equation worked in the past, why would it not work this time? If he loved you before you, why would he not love you now? And if we kind of remind ourselves of that idea, no, I'm good. I, I got through undergraduates. So I'm going to get through my master's. I got through dating, I'm gonna get through marriage. I got through that situation in the past, so I'm gonna keep moving, keep developing what worked in the past so that you have the confidence to actually move forward in the future. And I think that helps us move through the fears that we might have in our present. That was beautiful. That was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> that was good. Man. Yeah. I mean, for me, I... Uh, I mean, Pace, Pace gets a lot of his stuff like you you really absorb the media that you consume the most. And Pace yes. are uh, obviously true men of the word. They, they spend a lot of their time studying it. And uh, as much as I would love to uh, really classify as one of those, I think I honestly spend most of my time studying like comic books. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> um, for me... Uh, two people that like really stood out and like my two favorite superheroes of all time were always Nightwing and Superman and like they are completely on the different ends of the spectrum of one just being a dude who can do a lot of flips and one being a guy who can fly around um, but they too embody the spirit of hope and I feel like uh, a lot of people talk about will being the enemy of fear but I feel hope is the true enemy of fear because um it is like, it's a contagious feeling that things, if you do good, things will be good. And it's not like, I. it's not like a karma ticket. It's not like I've done good, so I deserve good. It's I've done good so that other people around me can feel good. And that good inspires others to be good. And fear is saying like, it doesn't matter what I do, things are going to be bad. But hope is like, why not give it a shot? And so mm -hmm. I think kind of having that hope within you is kind of the enemy of fear. So that's kind of how I get past it, or that's at least how I'm trying to get past it. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Man, I've really been trying to study more the life of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and just understand more of like what his manhood was like, mm -hmm. you know, Sam, through the context of life he had to live um and one thing that I, that the holy spirit has been showing me is is that feeling emotions isn't a sin yeah. like it's not a bad thing like 
I used to I used to not want to be anxious and stressed and sad and angry because I thought I was doing wrong by God. Mm. But when we look at the life of Jesus Christ, man, like he's cried before. Like he was mad before, you know what I'm saying? He was frustrated. He was stressed out, man, sweating blood. Man, like if we really understand that the son of God is crazy. <laughs> man, what? I've never been that stressed. And and I look I looked up, I'm pretty sure a doc a doctor or someone was was talking about it and talking about how if you get to the point where you're stressed, like you're so stressed and anxious and you're so worried that you're sweating blood, like usually like like your life is over. You're you should, you should be dead. Like you're, you're pretty much like like it's not long to where you'll just die. Like your life is over. But as we know that 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 wasn't the way Jesus was Jesus was supposed to die. So, you know, his life went on. But to know that my God like understands emotions and even has humanity to himself as well, um, by actually stepping foot in in it, you know what I'm saying, shows me and gives me the confidence to walk in to also be open to show those same emotions. Um, I remember like like the first couple of times I cried during a sermon. And after I cried in those two, like those one or two kind of a uh, couple of sermons, I remember a couple of the, you know, people that knew me in the church or whatever, like saw me go up to preach another time. And they were, they like, they kind of teased me and was saying like, you're going to cry mm -hmm. again or da -da -da -da, threw it back in my face. And it kind of made me, it made me, it made me think like, man, am I, am I crying too much? Am I, mm -hmm. am I showing too much emotion? But God really began to reassure me, like, through just, you know, the Holy Spirit impressing it on my palm, my heart, like, no, you're good. Like, this is what I want. I want you to show your humanity. I want you to show just how real of a person you are. Because at the same time, that's the same um, walk that Jesus walked while, while he was on earth. Imagine, imagine if Jesus was walking on earth, man, like this mighty warrior and that, that showed no face, never broke, never never did any type of showing of emotion, like I wouldn't be able to connect with him. I wouldn't be able to, um, you know, even come to any kind of understanding terms within our relationship. Um, but since that's the emotions and that's the humanity that he did show, it gives me the confidence. So I think I'm just going, but to answer your question, like how do we move, move forward in it? Just beginning to understand and know more that you showing emotion isn't a bad thing you're not wrong for it. Like, you're not a bad guy. You're not a, you're not one of those, you know, what are, what are they calling them nowadays? Um, you're not, you're, you're a high value man. You don't lose your value. Yeah. Like, you're still a high value man. You know what I'm saying? You might be more further along because, you know, I learned how to deal with your emotions more. So just know you're not wrong for it and that you're like, you're good. And I know that's helped me move forward a lot to know that I'm not wrong for shedding a tear in this moment. Yeah. Can I say one thing just on top of what you mentioned? When Jesus was so stressed out that he cried blood, the next thing he does is go back to his community. Mm. The very next thing he does, like going back to our own conversation, he's so stressed to the point that he goes back to his disciples and really it starts yelling at them. It's like, why are y'all not with me? Like he goes yeah. to the need support. And that's just like talking about the manhood of Jesus. I'm so broken. And one of my first instincts is after talking to God, I say, yo, I need my brothers around me. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Also seeking help, man, because like a lot of men, they haven't even seen or they don't even know 
like let's say there's someone out there that doesn't know about the Bible, doesn't believe, you know, let me say doesn't, doesn't let me not say he doesn't believe in Jesus Christ because he doesn't know about it, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, even in, through his life, like his family, his household, they never show an emotion, stuff like that. They don't even know what the first step is, like, wow. you know, and that's how a lot of even women begin to get in situations to where they're now trying to raise a boy because he was never, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was never developed in that area. So I think a lot of men, the first step, or even just one of the steps, if you don't, if you don't want to call it the first step, is to is to is to seek help in that area through therapy. Yeah. I know it's done wonders for me. Um, it saves you a lot of time and a lot of hurt in relationships. So no one has, no other lady has to try to grow you and become your mama. Exactly. You know, like nice. you're able you're able to work on it through the privacy of uh, you know someone who specializes in this work um, to help you develop emotionally and mentally. So I know that's something that a lot of men, including myself, um, that's one of the steps we had to take to move forward as well. Just seek help and try to figure out what's really going on with my mind and do what what I've experienced and what I'm going through right now, you know? And something I've kind of been prompted, I I know Chelsea, you probably got more to say, but (laughs) something that I've kind of been prompted to do, because it's so hard for me to reach out for help, what God's kind of put on my heart, like there's some specific people who God will kind of put on my mind, be like, yo, go check on him. Like, go be his mentor. Go look out for him. Go kind of like coach him up. Go kind of encourage him. And what it does is for them, it makes it easier for them to reach out for support. But then for me, in order for me to help someone younger than me or help someone who's like a step behind me or something, like I'll reach out to Theo Majors who are still open all the time to like just check on them because I'm one step ahead of them in this thing. When I check on them, it forces me to be vulnerable. Because mm-hmm. now when they start asking, like they, they don't even want to talk about them. They start saying, no, what do I need to be working on? What are you stressed about right now? What are you praying about? What's, yeah. What have you, what, what, like one dude really asked me, sent me a whole bar- paragraph saying, what have you learned now that the department didn't teach you? And it forced me to sit down and be vulnerable and open up yeah. and grow a community. So even if you're afraid to reach out to community, there's, there's two stones you can throw in that. Go reach out to someone else who might, like, you don't have to reach out to someone older than you or bigger than you to make yourself feel down to, to ask for community. You can reach out to someone who is a step behind you and it will force you as the person who's mentoring them to open up and grow as yourself. Like, no one, no one's ahead of anybody, but you can lie to yourself and make it seem like you're helping them, they end up helping you. And, and real quick, mm-hmm. if, you, uh, if you feel like, oh, I'm okay, why do I need to reach out to somebody? Maybe just reach out to somebody once a week just to check up. Mm-hmm. Just like that, because a lot of times, uh, when you don't, a lot of times it's hard to realize that you're not okay. And yeah, yeah so that's I'm talking too much. I'm talking too no, much. You're but, <laughs> I'm still trying to formulate the next question. So you're okay. You. You're good. <laughs> okay. So therapy is something that I, I've looked into, but I've never actually, well, I did it for like a day. And I just, it just felt weird because I'm used to being the person asking questions, I'm usually the person helping. So I didn't know what it was like to let someone help me. So I went for one day and I left. But how do you build up, I guess, the resolve and the, the motivation to realize that you do need help and that you need to go forward in this thing? Because that's something like, I, I don't feel like I wanted enough to know, but I feel like it's it's needed. It's like it's like knowing you need a coach, but it's like, I, I don't want it enough to ask. How do you, how do you kind yeah. of build that? Oh, oh uh, I know for me, the the way I think of it is like, uh, it's 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 a bit interesting because you really only need to build up that resolve once. If mm-hmm. you if every decision is a decision you make once, 
If you want to get healthy and go to the gym, you just need to go to the gym once because the next time you go to the gym again and you just do it again and again and again. You go to that therapist once and talk it out once, then you, that proves to your brain that you can do it again. Because mm. if you did it before, you can do it again. And you can, and after that time, you've done it twice. Boom, that's a third time. And then three times, I, I bet you can sneak in a fourth. And <laughs> it's a cascading effect, really. Uh, I mean, like, scientifically, the synapses, once you form them, they fire easier. Like, yeah, it's, it's life. And um, so really just try to, if you feel, if anyone listening to this or anyone on this call feels like I need help or I might need help and I'm not sure, just do it one time. If you do it one time, then at least you can say you did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, and, and one more thing, man, like try try your very best. I know it's hard, you know. Um, I think I think we, me and my friends can all attest, like we've been blessed to be able to have a core friend group that we we've had since before college you know mm-hmm. being able to know each other through high school um and there's some people that come out of college losing all that they have no more friends you know what i'm saying so it's like where do i go from here how do i build that community but i think being able to start from ground zero you at least you can have and you can now start the standard that you're going to have for your friends um that accountability that you'll have for them when they do come which is you know what i'm saying make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are and will um be open um, emotionally. I can tell you right now, I can cry in front of patient Jonas right now. I was, my wedding day, I was bawling in front of all of them, just trying to affirm them or letting them know how much I love them and what they do and love seeing them grow and how they've been a part of my life. You know what I'm saying? I started bawling tears, but that's because I think I have the safe space, not because I had to, you know, um, you know, force that. It's just, it was there because we're all moving the same direction. You know what I'm saying? So, I think that's a key too. Sorry, not I'm not interrupting. Finish, but that's a key. That's a key point for sure. But finish off your finish off your. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say just who you surround yourself with. Some like I don't know. I'm at a point in my life where like if I'm with a man and let's say we we get on you know you know good friends terms, it's like it gets to a point where it's like you know I can't be open with you in that regard emotionally. It's like the relationship's only gonna go so far. It'll be very surface level, but if we want to go deep, let's go deep. Let's go. But you need to be able to surround. You have to have surrounded yourself around with people that that will be open with you in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's real. Just being. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I want to affirm what you're saying. I think it. I think it's real. Being able to be uh, emotionally vulnerable with people is extremely important. And I think you guys have done really good about like being the cornerstones of like people we can always reach out to. And it, it really does just, yeah. You too. Oh, look at the little romance happening. I'm right telling you, I think I can hit all my boys right now and just cry. Yeah. Right. And, and people can't do that. No. no right. Right. Okay. When, when Solomon's videos for Q's wedding started going viral, it really hit me how blessed we are. Because people yeah. are in the comments, how do you have so many groomsmen? And all of us are going to have the problem of having too many. Like, all of yeah. us are going to have the, that problem. Like, that's yeah. not normal. Not even yeah. just surface-level relationships. Like, where we literally, like, I'm calling you at 4 a.m., like, crying about something. Like, yeah. why? that's not, even to the point, my mom told me when my brothers were going to college, she was praying that they would have friends like I did. Wow. That's big. Like, wow. we're blessed. Wow. 
it's hey, it's it's hard to make friends. I think we got very lucky because we got put mm-hmm. in a very insular community in high school. Yeah. We all went to boarding school together, for those who don't know. Yeah. And at that boarding school, we all became like Name it, name it. These people gotta know. Oh, we Pine all Forge went Academy. to Pine Forge Academy together. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> They're gonna be like, who just said that? Yeah, and why are they doing bird calls? It's Pine Forge. Uh, yeah, home of the Falcons. Um, but uh, at Pine Forge, uh, even a lot of us weren't even like a hundred percent close there. And then, like, because we knew each other, it kind of grew over time. But uh, for those of you who are like, this is a bit off topic. But for those of you who are struggling to make friends or you know feel very alone, try crafting new hobbies. Try going out to public spaces. True whether it be clubs, if you're on a campus, join a club. If you're out in the real like real world and you don't really have the opportunity to be in classes and courses, just reach out to people. Be like, if you see someone with a cool jacket, be like, hey, cool jacket. Isn't there an app? There, there are tons oh, of apps. There's like a Bumble Meet, uh, Meetup, I think it's the one you're yeah. thinking Yeah. Uh, whether, hey, uh, uh, intramural sports, get mm. active, get out there. There's yeah. tons of things to do. And that's a great way to start the building blocks of a personal community. That's good. Yeah, that's just because we speak. We really do speak from like a weird point of privilege because yeah, we get yeah. like we have like eight people who are like, oh yeah, these are like my brothers, and I would die for them. And it's like, oh, yeah. um, that's cool, good for yeah. you. <laughs> very weird world, dude. <laughs> yeah, very, very privileged. Yeah, very blessed. But it's great. It's made you guys Bless. people that you are today. Amen. And it's shaping who you're growing into. So it's it's good. It's good to hear. Um, oh, I don't even know where I want to go next. And we only have a couple more minutes. But um, I kind of want to tie it back to the work and life and like dating slash marriage topic that we talked about at the beginning and what that looks like for, because I think one of the overarching, like not necessarily themes, but one thing that we've all mentioned a lot is relying on God to help us push through those fears and allowing him to work through us so that we can accomplish more. And we aren't letting um, just internal struggles that we might have hold us back. So, um, yeah, work and life, dating, marriage. What does that look like as, uh, I guess, a black man, but also a modern day Seventh-day Adventist? christian and yeah how are we keeping our beliefs in today's world yeah you're talking about like with your with your spouse with your girlfriend yeah hey man biggest thing just make sure y'all equally yoked man make sure you got the same beliefs simple as that if you defeat a lot of you know problems that you might that might that could occur uh if you know that that person is in on one accord with you and you have your differences and, you know, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, you have someone that go to church with you. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you have someone that will read the Bible with you, you know, um, and that helps a lot to be able to have common ground in that and be able to agree um, and feel supported with your um, beliefs and whether it's you being Seventh-day Adventist or whether it's you, you know what I'm saying, whatever whatever it might be. So, you know, just make sure you guys are together and in agreement on what y'all, what y'all believe in so y'all can fight for each other and fight together. Yeah, it's the world's uh, crazy. And I, yeah, let me open up the question a bit more because I'm not trying to assume anyone's like 
religion or whatever the case may be. But For sure. yeah. That yeah, was I was about to make a joke, but I couldn't think of one. <laughs> I'm assuming religion. <laughs> like, I'm Buddhist, y'all. <laughs> Listen, you never know. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'll say, um, for me, I'm, 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 uh, one of the journeys I've been on very recently is I'm trying to like relook at how a lot of the things in my life that I found to be foundational. So mm-hmm. whether that is gender, sexuality, and including religion, and I've come to terms with like I really do, I love God and I love Jesus, and I was thinking about like in a future relationship is religion something that is required for me right is us being on the same religion and it took me a long time well i don't know about a long time but it it took me a while to think about it and i've decided that more important to me than being equally yoked in specifically in like religion or denomination is to be equally yoked in morality and to have that like you can i need someone who like is kind as like a core belief and whatever religion brings you to kindness, or if you're an atheist and you're like, you know, you're just like, I want to be a good person intrinsically, then I think that's what really matters to me. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, with dating, it's important to really have those foundational values and to understand what is important to you. And uh, yeah, well, that's not very novel of an idea, but that's oh, what yes. I got. No, it's good. Uh, and ju- jumping on what Q and Jonah said, I do think we got to recognize that you're single, you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. and you are a whole person before you're with someone. Like, sometimes this these ideas, like, someone completes you, or they're your soulmate, that type of stuff, like, we get it in almost a poetic way, mm-hmm. but it's not 50% of people coming together to make 100. It's two 100s coming together to make a 200% of a person, to make a team, to make a, a symbiotic organism that works together and does things yeah. together. Um, I actually have a book that uh, it's called uh, Getting Ready for Marriage Work- Workbook. And I hate, I joke with people, I hate uh, the title because it's so, it sounds so lofty. Like it feels like you can't read with people if you're not getting ready for marriage. I wish it was just getting to understand yourself and how you relate to people. Because what it really starts off, like the chapters are knowing you, loving you, knowing your family, knowing how you communicate, knowing your attitudes, resolving conflict religious orientation, money matters, sexual relationship, family and planning and children. These type of things, while you might not be the same and you do everything, having those same foundational thoughts so that you can move, you can move from them is really important. Like you don't have to, you don't have to believe that cereal boxes got to go on the top shelf or the bottom shelf. You don't have to be on the same page as that. But are you going to be eating cereal? You know what I'm saying? Like what do we know what the foundational thing that, that we're going to this thing? It could be, okay, you may not care about where we live, but do you care that we live together? Do you care? Are we on this page together? Like you're finding the found, these might be random analogies, but like we're finding the core and it starts with who I am. Do I know what type of things I need? Do I know what type of things I need to be with? What type of, what, what weaknesses I have that I might need to compliment? What strengths I might need to work with? It all starts with knowing who you are and your values. What's up, Jonas? That's not even- okay, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, once you find those needs, finding out the core that caused those needs. And if the and finding out, if, is the core something healthy with that I want to like maintain? Or is it something negative within myself that I need to work on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I was just going to mention that that doesn't even have to be applied to like romantic relationships. I think yeah. friendships yeah. are such a great 
building block when it comes to learning how you communicate, what your love languages are, learning just different things that you need to fix, different things that you need to hone on um, before you even look at pursuing something that more romantic or more serious or headed towards marriage with someone and I think a better analogy I was trying to make them up but a better analogy is you don't have to know what position we're gonna play just know what sport we're playing we have to agree on the on the what's the goal of what we're accomplishing right now we don't have to know you know gender roles who's doing what no 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 what is our goal are we working together what's our foundation what's our what are our rules in this how are we moving I don't, I don't care who's rebounding. Let's just get that ball in the hoop. Let's just do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. For sure. It's really it's really teamwork. It's really on a team, you know, and even just being in marriage, like, you know, even when me and Dio are talking, like, even when we disagree, you know what I'm saying, we always got to let, let each other know, like, we're on the same team here. Yeah. We're on the same team. Like, if I'm acting out, she's always kind of calming down, like, Q, I'm on your team. Relax. You're good. Like, I'm not going against you. I'm not trying to kill you. I'm not trying to go against you. Like, if anything, like, I'm willing to go in this wheelbarrow with you and go down the river. So, um, I think that's the biggest thing that I had to learn, like, being with someone that, you know, has those core, um, same core values as me, you know what I'm saying, believes in what I believe in, will fight for what I want to fight for, um, and ultimately fight for me. You know what I'm saying? We talked about this at the house, guys. Remember that when we talked about um, just about relationships, that having someone that will fight for you and a lot of times for them to fight they have to buy into what you're presenting and that and what you're trying to do so if they don't buy into the project why fight and it ends up being something that they'll just leave on and just it'll, it'll break apart so yeah that that at the house conversation you mentioned was another crying conversation for those who don't know All so <laughs> was it I'll yeah this part i can't go i can't go <laughs> It it had the vibe for it. I almost cried. I can't count. <laughs> we cry for anything. <laughs> hey. Y'all, what time? No, this is just said how how good of brothers. Like, like we're blessed. I remember one time we were at Oakwood and there was this big situation where just a lot was going on. And we called a powwow and all met in the barbershop together and we're really just checking each other. Like, I don't want y'all anywhere close to anywhere doing, getting anything wrong. Like, yeah. I want y'all to do this to nothing. Like, we were checking each other. That was one of the great stuff. I, think I was off campus with my girlfriend and had to leave. I said, well, I guess yeah. I got to go. <laughs> you got to go. The back signal went off and we got to talk about it. I love you so much. And this it is seems more important. not critical. <laughs> some, some wild, wild stuff was going on. We got to make sure none of us were caught up in it. Yeah. Also this. Also, someone that holds you accountable. Mm. You know? mm. Jesus, that's good. Yeah, something that's huge for sure. Like in relationships, I think in regards to, you know, just manhood and, and, and being a black man, a lot of things go unchecked. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you end up being able to, you know, wild out and you think it's normal. You think it's life because nobody said anything about it. But it goes into your friendships and it definitely for sure goes into your um, romantic relationship, whether it's a girlfriend, someone that you want to um, eventually marry, someone that will hold you accountable. I sometimes, like my wife, she holds me accountable so much. I I be like, oh, like this is like, but it's good, yeah. you know. It's 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 something that I need, and I've had to multiple times come back and apologize and say thank you for holding me accountable mm -hmm. because you know if you rolled over, if you didn't hold me, mm -hmm. if you let me act willy nilly and do whatever I wanted to do. Like I wouldn't be able to become 
you know, who I should be and also what you know I can be. You know, Jesus. Your, your spouse can see that. Your spouse can be like, man, only if he knew, like, I want to push him, but he'd be too sensitive sometimes. He'd be too insecure sometimes. Only if you're just trying to push him in the right direction because I'm on his team. And the things you want from your spouse, you have to have those. You have to be building those traits within you or else you're a hypocrite. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that also brings the door. You have to be coachable because you can't have someone who's yes. coaching without being someone who listens. And that goes back to making sure that what Jonah said, you are requiring the same things in yourself that you're requiring other people something interesting my girlfriend is actually the one one reason like i fell in love with her she's the only girl to tell me no like Ooh. throughout throughout like my life like <laughs> you did like, it. It, and, and not not to like well i'm gonna gas myself a little bit i feel like i'm that guy sometimes like i get stuff done you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm a, you know what i'm saying i'm a cool dude i can uh i can a, confirm he is that guy i appreciate he's, you, man. he's him Hemi john timothy she was one of the first people to have such a high standard for herself that she was like nah you can't be with me if you're doing this hmm. like you like you you not you not good enough like you you gotta fix yourself like one of the first people to coach me up and say yeah your mediocrity that you've been doing for everybody else for everybody else isn't go you can't just slide with me you actually have to try listen no Mm-hmm. Oh, Taylor. I mean, I feel like a lot of times people just don't have the the courage to do that again. Fears coming yeah. back. That fear stops them from telling the person that they want to be with romantically or whatever that they deserve this, isn't that, and they're not going to accept anything less than. But because they feel as if, well, they feel like if they say that, it's going to stop the relationship from happening. Mm-hmm. They hold back. But I'd rather be upfront mm-hmm. with you and tell you what it is that I'm expecting rather than, you know, settling for something that's going to hurt me in the end. So I like- You're going to have to edit this in a few conversations. This is, this, yeah. this is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have a lot of that. Oh yeah, it's definitely time to go for sure. But um, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to add any closing thoughts or anything before I officially like do the end or- Uh, yeah. Uh, these two guys often do great ministries and they often have links to them virtually that you can access them at. And I wish someone could give me links to access. If only someone was on the call that could give me links to great youth ministries I could get into. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you in Ohio, man, if you in Cincinnati, hit up Shiloh, man, slide by. It's a great time. I you need a community. <laughs> <No, I'm joking. laughs> that, that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. If you're in need of a community, Shiloh's here for you. Oh, man. Commercial? Hire him for your next really? church commercial. You said what? I said hire Q for your church commercial. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, nah, but what I, would, what I would give is know who you are. We spend so much time caring about what other people think or how other people look or how I relate to other people. No. Who are you? Who are you meant to be? What are your values? What are the things you're going to be standing on? What are you desiring for yourself? Who are you to yourself, not to other people? And that knowledge of who God calls you to be, who you feel like you are intrinsically, who you're growing to be, what track you're on, is what's going to be the, the, the seed that produces the rest of the fruit in your life. And from that, you have the confidence to tell people they, they ain't rocking with you right. Or you have the confidence to... Hey, hey Joe's telling me to wrap it up. This is my job. I'm a professional speaker. Let's go a little Oh yeah, okay. But but wrapping up, if you want more community, you know, um, I am I am a a 
person who loves people and loves rocking with people. I, I, my life goal is to inspire leaders, to inspire other leaders. So go to pacefordham.com, text the word thoughts to 844-750-0137, subscribe, be a part of the community. Can't wait to connect with you. Aww. Yeah. I'm gonna be very, I'm gonna be very pastory as well. You know what I'm saying? Keep it short. I was let somebody know out there, man. Like if you're alive, you know, you being alive right now is for a reason, you know. That's um good. just know that you having breath in your body is a testimony, and that's something to be thankful for. So, you know, treat every life or treat every day, excuse me, that that it's a, like it's a blessing. Um, because some people didn't wake up this morning. So, you know, and if you can, if you've been having that inkling, you know, try God. You know, I'm not gonna say you gotta I'm not saying you gotta believe in him, I'm not saying you gotta do anything. I'm just saying, try them and see if you like them. I think I think you'll be satisfied. That's how oh. that's how I end it. And my final thought, my final final thought is, um, if you're if you feel like people think something about you and it's like a negative thought, unless they say it, it's not real. Uh, so, so like if you're like, ah, oh, that person hates me. If that person did blah, did they say that? Then it's not real. Don't worry about it. Unless you're a goob, then you're probably a goob. Goobism. That's a problem. <laughs> That's next episode. You guys have like a song or a podcast or like a verse or whatever it is that you've been. I know. I always ask you throw it up. Oops. You've been listening to. Hey, Chelsea, one person. This, make another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> I really, I could go in the car with y'all and just get stuff Stop, done. I have to go too. I'm still at work. Jonas, <laughs> your... I'm supposed to be working right now. Jonas. <laughs> uh, uh, my brother, my brother and me is my favorite podcast. It's very good. It's an advice show by three brothers and they answer dumb questions. And it's always nice to get just like a silly one hour to just relax and it's cool. Yeah. Okay, perfect. That's it. We're done. It's over with. You guys okay. are great. I love you guys so much. Why didn't we get to get podcasts and verses and oh stuff? Nah, because screw know. these guys. My podcast. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Second Timothy 2 says. <laughs> what does it say? What does it say? Just, you got to stop us. If, yeah, see, if, if he got no biblical perfect pitch, he'll know what he's talking about. He'll know what he's doing. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure with him, we will also reign with him. The whole kill, that ain't even a Bible. What is that? <laughs> if hold on, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. If we disown him, if we disown him, he will also dis disown us. Hey, do the watch little this. um do the but watch this, but but watch this, but watch this. You heard what I just said? What I say, church. I say if, if if we disown him, he will disown us. But watch this now. Verse 13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Ah, uh, no, and in Superman, American Alien, <laughs> okay. issue six. Okay. Are you comparing comics with scripture? <laughs> it's all, it's all the monolith, baby. I was not done. I was not done. Hold on, I was not done. Chelsea, I was not done. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Verse 13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. I want to let somebody know in this place that no matter what you do, no matter what you can't do, no matter what, God cannot go against his own very nature and he will remain faithful and continue to love you towards the end of time and for as long as you live. Yo, Jonas, you're like that. I'm sorry, Chelsea. This is getting crazy. I don't know what's happening. We have Jonas one of the, act like he's on Camp Rock. We have Pace thinking he's one of the uh, uh, 
No, but we really do have to go, guys. Yeah, you end this. We'll do, listen, we'll do a part two with Solomon. He won't. Because Pace is out here acting like he's Jonathan Mc, Mc, I don't even know what Mc, McGriddle. Okay, is no one's gonna be able to see anything, so they don't know any jokes right now. Oh my god, this comedy was just for us. Let's look at it. I have okay. to end it with the okay, thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Read your Bible. Yeah, I love you. Annual girl. girl. I love you.